Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, can I help you find something? Librarians specialize in helping you find what you were looking for, and sometimes what you didn't know you were looking for. Thank you for joining me as I talk to my guests about all things library, including the books inside them. I'm Julie Chavez, and this is Ask a Librarian. Carrie Sullivan is the editor of New Jersey Fan Club. Artists and writers celebrate the Garden State. Her writing has appeared in McSweeney's, Catapult, Podcast Review, and elsewhere. She is the founder of the regionally popular Instagram project, Jersey Collective. By day and sometimes night, she is a public librarian. Here is my conversation with Carrie. Hello, Carrie. It's so nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you, too. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being here. I was so happy that you reached out to be on Ask a Librarian. <laughs> so I, I like to say it in a serious, weird way every time. That way it hurts this, the little hearts of my teenagers. They just get cringe. Yeah, Yeah, it's true. Yes, it does make sense. (laughs) So you and I don't know each other. And now that I'm getting older, I really appreciate the warm up, right? So, and I say that getting older because in my exercise now, like my physical therapist was like, well, you're going to have to warm up now. And I said, well, that's dumb. But I do appreciate the the warm up now. So let's have a few quick warm up questions so we get to know each other. Well, mostly get to know you. People are me. <laughs> what is your favorite dessert? It can be sweet or savory if you hate sweet things too. I do not hate things, uh, sweet <laughs> things. It's ice cream, 100%. And what's your favorite flavor? <laughs> I mean, if there's chocolate in it, I'll probably get it. But I also really like banana ice cream. Banana ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I never would have guessed that. And I love that that was your favorite dessert because originally when I was thinking about questions. I was like, I'll ask what her favorite ice cream is. And then I thought, nah, we might have to get it in the dairy thing. I don't know. So that went (laughs) so much better. You were totally ready. Okay. Banana. Interesting. Do you like like bananas foster too? Like, yeah. Or okay. So bananas and chocolate. Very good. Perfect. Well, that's a good, uh, good knowledge about you. (laughs) Tell me about your day job. Unless part of this podcast be me secretly finding out that you are an uber wealthy ghostwriter of like, I don't know, random fiction. But if if that's not the case, (laughs) tell us about your day job. I am a public librarian by day. So I work for a township where I do all the adult programming and outreach stuff. What's And what's your favorite thing to set up? Do you enjoy that part of your job? Yeah, I really, really like that job that I do now. I've done other things. I've been a librarian for eight years now. So I've done like reference and other, I've done children's briefly. And I really like what I'm doing now because it's a good challenge to try to bring interesting and, you know, educational and things that I think people need programs to such a diverse group of people. Like we're trying to serve the needs of people of different ages and people of different backgrounds with different needs. So trying to plan a month's worth of stuff for them that kind of touches on a lot of different stuff is one of my favorite things that I get to do at work. 
That's really exciting. And you're so right. That's such a challenge to find things that will add value for people because you do want it to be a valuable place. Yeah, totally. And did you go to school for library? I did. Yeah. I have my, my master's from Rutgers University. I thought I wanted to be an archivist, but once I got a job doing public library stuff, I haven't really looked back. <laughs> <laughs> what what uh, appealed to you about archivist? I had an internship at the Metropolitan Museum of Art when I was in college doing stuff with the Department of Photographs, and I was handling negatives and doing a rehousing project. And I was like, oh I want to do this forever. <laughs> so um, cool. Because I was a film major and I didn't really want to move to LA and I didn't really, I wanted something with like more stability. And then I learned that archives jobs are not always the most stable either because they're a lot like grant funded positions. So I ended up working in public libraries and I just really liked working with the public more than I thought I was going to. <laughs> well, that's a nice thing to find yeah. out actually, as opposed to, hey, turns out I hate people. Yeah, no, I actually really liked it. <laughs> so I'm still there. <laughs> That's a really interesting little kind of wandering path, but within, I mean, it sounds like you really had an idea of what you wanted to do. That's really a cool story. And I love anytime people highlight the differences or the different aspects of libraries, especially public libraries. Like I'm in a school, so it's pretty standard, but the the idea that you're pulling in lots of different resources for people and creating something new. That's awesome. And yeah, like we do, oh, sorry. No, continue, go. <laughs> we do, you know, like fun stuff and fitness classes and just random lectures, like art history stuff. But then we also, you know, I work with like local organizations to bring in stuff about like Alzheimer's awareness and, you know, preventing fall injuries and support groups and mental health things like trying to just incorporate and, you know, job hunting resources. So trying to offer stuff for people who have like a specific need and then people who just want some kind of entertainment too. <laughs> Gosh, I think that is fantastic. Do you ever show movies at the library since you're a film person? We, yeah, we haven't been doing them lately because we have like a capacity limit in the room. We're trying to keep people safe. But yeah, before everything uh, that started in 2020, we were doing movies like multiple times a month for sure. Okay. What's uh, one of your favorite movies or what's a movie you're currently loving you can choose that's hard um <laughs> I know it's mean right it's like what's your favorite book <laughs> yeah I feel like I could answer that question a little better maybe but really? yeah movie maybe <laughs> I love it yeah movies that's hard I don't know I haven't watched a movie in a while I've been doing a lot of tv there's so much good television these days and like document I like documentaries a lot too so okay I'm watching a lot of like HBO documentaries and series and stuff but HBO does a <laughs> lot of good stuff well there's so much you're right there's so much good TV right now and we haven't had it feels like I'm sure there are but it feels like there are less movies right now to watch yeah for some I reason. haven't been in a movie theater since 20 early 2020 also, which feels weird to me. I used to go more frequently, but one of these days. <laughs> I know, right? Well, it just fell out of habit, so haven't been going. It's so true. It is a habit. I have been to the movies a lot this summer with the swim team because I have two teenagers, and I have also seen Top Gun in the theater, theater not once, not twice, three times. Oh, wow. <laughs> like I am some sort of Tom Cruise-obsessed nut job. But we'll talk about that later. That's, that's not for this section. <laughs> 
We'll talk about my issues later in the podcast. What are you reading right now? Right now I'm reading, I'm in the middle of like three things like I usually do. I just picked up The Shore by Katie Rundy, which takes place in New Jersey. So I got to meet her the other day at Barnes and Noble um, and I'm excited to read that. Cool. And then I bought a bunch of stuff while I was doing my book tour. I was picking up a bunch of stuff at every place where I, every bookstore where I had an event. So I have a huge stack of stuff right now. <laughs> I picked up a graphic nonfiction book about the history of pinball machines that I'm excited to start reading. <laughs> that sounds fascinating. Yeah, it, the art's really cool too. I love pinball machines. That's like an arcade game I actually feel like sometimes I can do pretty well. So I like to do things I'm going to be good at. <laughs> I don't I like to, to that. <laughs> fail over and over. So I'm like, okay, that one's good. Okay, those are excellent answers to all the warm-up questions. One final one, New York or New Jersey? I think we all know I'm going to say New Jersey. <laughs> I think we all do, which is why I ask that specifically, because that's a perfect segue into talking about your book, which is New Jersey Fan Club, Artists and Writers Celebrate the Golden State. And you edited this book. And I know that it started, well, first of all, I have to say, it is a really cool book. And Thank you. it was surprisingly for me, complex and kind of a nuanced look at New Jersey, which has a horrible, oversimplified reputation. <laughs> and so I'm excited to talk about that. But I really liked this look on your home state. And I'll post a picture of it. But the cover design made me laugh. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> oh, I loved it. I picked it up. And I was like, that's that's good stuff right there. So we'll share. I mean, anything with a foam finger, I can really get yeah. behind, right? So tell me about this. It started with an Instagram account, correct? Yeah. So okay. for about, since 2014, I've been running an Instagram project called Jersey Collective. And the way it works is a different person takes over every week. So they're, it's like always changing, you know, every week it's a different person posting pictures and they're sharing, you know, what their part of New Jersey looks like or their favorite places or little historic sites. I'm always discovering new parks to go to and things to check out from what people share on there. And one of the things that I like about do, running that project is that Everybody that follows it gets to meet a different person every week and see, like, get a little peek into their life and a little taste of their work. And then they can, if they like them, they can follow them and see, you know, keep in touch and see more of their work. And a lot of people have, like, made friends and met spouses and stuff because of the project. And so it's been really fun just to kind of cultivate that kind of community, both on Instagram and then outside of it through other things that we do, like art shows and meetups and workshops and things like that. So obviously, because I'm a librarian and I've also always been writing, I you know wanted to do a book at some point and I thought maybe I could somehow leverage this thing that I built on Instagram into a book project. And it took me a long time to figure out what that was going to be. I didn't want to do like just a photo book using stuff from the project. I really wanted to do something different. And then it kind of hit me where I was like, almost like the Instagram account's almost like an anthology. Like it's different people sharing stuff all the time. And I love anthologies just as a way to explore a topic. You get to learn about it from a bunch of different people's perspectives and not just what one person thinks about it. You get to hear what, you know, dozens of people think about it. And I think that's really cool. So I kind of just decided one day I was going to start working on a proposal for an anthology about New Jersey because I felt like 
obviously a lot of people have a lot of thoughts on New Jersey, both people who are outside of it and people who are from there or or live there. So I thought it would be something that people would be interested in. So luckily it was, and Rutgers University Press wanted to publish it. And here we are. (laughs) That's so exciting. How did you go about curating the choices that ended up in the book? So there were a couple different ways. I reached out to some people individually. There were some people who I knew from doing Jersey Collective. There were also people who I just read something they wrote one time on the internet Mm. where they mentioned either in their bio or somewhere in the piece, like some kind of New Jersey connection, even if what they were writing had nothing to do with New Jersey. If I saw like a mention, I kind of file that away. Yeah. <laughs> and so if there were people whose stuff I liked, I was like, maybe they have something they want to say about New Jersey. And then I also did an open call. So I had, you know, posted looking for pitches and submissions and artwork and photos and stuff for consideration and got over 200 submissions. I had to weed through on that as well. So yeah, it was a couple of different things. <laughs> wow. And how long did that process take? So you started, so Did you write the proposal, Rutgers picked it up, and then you did the open call? Or were you already? Yeah. Okay. So so I started, so I wrote the proposal in, I started it in like 2018, and I spent way longer on it than most people probably need to, but I really wanted to like do a good job. Plus I have a day job and other things going on, so it just didn't get done quickly. But um, I finally felt ready to send it out to Rutgers University Press in like early 2020 before everything (laughs) went crazy Perfect, and sent it to them then. And we had a couple phone calls and they, they wanted me to get together like a a bit more of an expanded like sample section to kind of, they were like, can you just like get a couple things so we can kind of see it. And so I did that by like the spring of 2020. And then I had signed the contract with them by July of 2020. And yeah, then I had the open call like that late summer, early fall, and I had to have the whole manuscript done. So like all the writing, all the artwork, all the permissions, all the interview releases and everything had to be done by May of 2021. And then it was about a year later in June that the book actually came out. So exciting. I really, I have to say too, I'm kind of a, well, it's really silly for me to say I'm a book nerd. Like, wow, <laughs> wow. thanks, Captain Obvious. Tell us more about that. But I really like the feel of this book. I like the paper that they chose for the book, and it lends itself. Like, the whole thing just really works. I love it. Yeah, I. the thing that was one of the scariest parts about going with a publisher rather than, like, making it yourself is just you have no control over that those kinds of choices, like the size 100%. of it and, yes. you know, what they're going to do. But when I, like, finally got that information, I was really excited because I was like, this is, like, the perfect little, you know, it's about six by seven, so it's almost square, and it's just, like, a nice size to kind of throw in your bag. And a lot of people have been telling me they've been taking it with them on, like, their commute on the train, and I'm just like, yes, that's what I was hoping for. (laughs) Oh, what a gift to know that it's out there in the world. And I think too, seeing someone with this on a train, especially in New Jersey, I'd be like, yeah, well, I want to read that too. So yeah, I hope so. (laughs) Yeah. Right. That would, I also like that there is photography in this book that it's kind of easily digestible and also so varied. I was really impressed by the variety in here. Did you When you sat down to choose, did you have like a certain ratio in mind or kind of what were you thinking there? Yeah, so I 
So there's a lot of topics I wanted to touch on. Like there's a lot of, you know, quintessential New Jersey things that people talk about. Like there's a lot of food stuff and places and television shows that we have made appearances in. And so I wanted to touch on a lot of different things and kind of cover as much ground as possible. And I also wanted the geography to be as much as possible. I didn't want it to all be stuff from like one part of the state. So I was trying to think about all the different places in the state and make sure we got like every corner of it in there somewhere in some way, whether it was through a photo or a mention of it in someone's piece or, you know, somebody is from there. So yeah, I was definitely thinking about all of that. (laughs) And then for the formats, like I really like graphic novels and graphic memoirs. So I really wanted some comics in there. And since Jersey Collective is a photography project, we had to have some photos and some visual content too. Yeah, of course. Well, it really works. It's very well balanced. It's fun to read. I was laughing about uh, the piece about going to the mall. I mean, or just all the mall references. I mean, there's a lot in here. And I'm not from New Jersey. So I think this is a good reminder. I think this would be a fun book also to have like as a coffee table book because it's easy to pick up and kind of thumb through and find something that's interesting. There's a bike tour in here that I thought yeah. was so clever. <laughs> and I love that he started with the directions too, like access cross, all these different. Yeah. If people actually want to do that, they can, or if they just want to read it, it's also just fun to read. So yeah, <laughs> it really is a special book. And my producer, Chelsea is actually from New Jersey. So oh, cool. <laughs> I will be sharing this with her as soon as I'm finished with it. I'm almost done. And it's, yeah, you did a really great job. What was your favorite part of that? Thanks. It was just really rewarding getting to work with everybody. Like there's some people in there whose work I've admired for years. And it was just such an honor to have something that they were doing be in my book. And then there were people who I had never, you know, encountered before, but that came in through the open call. And it was so exciting to meet them and to get to give their voice um, in the book. And just one of the things personally that was so nice for me too, was just like, I was doing all of this during late 2020, early 2021, when like, there wasn't much else going on yes. in my life. Um, I was going to work and then I was coming home and doing this. And that was pretty much it on the weekends. I was doing that. And it was just really good for me to have a project like that at that time too. Absolutely. What a gift timing wise. You're right. Cause yeah, that was such an sort of drifting anchorless kind of moment for so many of us. And yeah. And I was lonely. And so having, having something like that, where I was actually getting to, whether it was just on zoom or over the phone or email, like interact with, there's over 60 contributors in the book. So it was like interacting with all those people was just really, really helpful for me. (laughs) That's so fantastic. And it sounds like too, that, you know, maybe different than larger anthologies or, or, other formats, you really had a lot of interaction with those people. And even when you were talking about permissions, I'm sure that was quite daunting because you have a lot of different formats in here that you had yeah. to work with. Yeah. So some of the, like, you know, the art and everything we had to, they had to sign, everybody pretty much had to sign something and anybody who was interviewed had to sign an interview release and stuff like that, that the publisher required. So yeah, just having to be like project manager and assigning stories because that was the other thing too is some of the pieces were like things that I kind of conceptualized and then I had to find the right person to be like Mm. would you be interested in like writing this kind of thing yeah so there was some of that too a lot of it was 
some of it was asking people like, what would you want to write about? Some of it was seeing what came in through the call. And some of it was trying to find like the right person to put something that I was like, I want something about this in the book and having to figure out who would put that together. So it's a lot of difference. Had to wear a lot of different hats. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm so impressed. Well, it shows because you can tell that it was well-conceived and not just tossed together. I mean, I think it couldn't be because you had the way that you, you can just see your vision in it. So it's a really cool book. (laughs) Would you write another or would you edit another one? Maybe. Yeah. A lot of people have been asking that question, you know, like, oh, volume two. I don't know if I would want to do it like right away. Maybe someday. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost like a little childbirth situation, right? Where you're like, well, that's, (laughs) that's cute, but I need a little more time to figure out. (laughs) Yeah. And just, I don't know, like I could have made so many different versions of this book, which is why it's tempting because I'm still meeting more people now than ever who are making work about New Jersey because they're the ones that are picking up the book in a lot of cases and, you know, reaching out to me and stuff. So I'm like, oh, wow, like I wish I had known this person a couple years ago. So, you know, it's it's tempting, but we'll see. We'll see what the future holds. (laughs) You never can tell, right? You you can just file it away. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Because, well, and that's the other thing, though, is that it sounds like you need to leave time for your writing because you are also a writer. And most recently, I was reading or I was looking back on some of the things you've written. Most recently, you wrote an article for Catapult on presentations for libraries to for book publicity, which I thought was genius. So give me a quick recap on that. Thanks. Yeah. So I, since I'm a programming librarian by day and a writer also, and have a book out, like I thought a lot about this topic um, from different angles. And one of the things that I noticed from my day job was that a lot of local authors who would come in to give presentations, some of them were not very well attended. If we kind of pitched it as like a local author program, people weren't as interested unless it was, you know, some really big popular book. We had one person who did like a local history topic and a lot of people came to that. And then I started realizing the people who were more successful, like there was one writer who had a book that was several years old by the time she came to the library, but she just had a developed like a one hour presentation that was about the topic of her book. So it was about New Jersey inventions. And she actually wrote something for, um, for my book as well, but she had done a presentation at the library about the New Jersey inventions. And it wasn't pitched as like a, oh, it's a book program. It was pitched as like, come learn about these fun 
New Jersey Inventions, and tons of people came, and tons of people bought her book, too. And it just worked out really nicely for everyone, and, like, the library, obviously, like, we have a budget to pay people for their presentations, so she got her check, she sold a lot of books, she keeps her name out there, and, you know, when she wants to do another book, it's probably helpful to be like, I have these relationships with all these libraries where I go around and do these presentations, and so I just felt like it was such a win-win for everyone and for the library to, you know, have authors come in and, and offer that to our patrons is obviously another win. So I wanted to kind of put something together to get people thinking about how to approach libraries and how to work with them and how it could be something that's like really good for writers. That was so smart because I think you're right. The idea of really offering value, not that it's not valuable to go and talk about your book, of course it is, but I think offering sort of a different slant on it. Yeah, exactly. And I will say, I can imagine, I'm not there yet, but I'm sure that talking about your book over and over at a certain point, you're like, I would rather chew glass than (laughs) give you my elevator pitch right now. I just can't. So I'm sure it would kind of give people an idea of, hey, you can take even a small slice of something that's in your book and build a presentation out of that. Yeah. And I think it's just, you know, there's some people who are never going to come out to a library program if it says it's a book event. They don't. So there's some people who don't feel like that's approachable for whatever reason. Like there might be some people who feel like, oh, like that's, you know, I'm not smart enough to understand Mm. like a literary thing or I'm not interested in that kind of thing. But then if they see what the topic is and see that it's just, oh, it's just a fun presentation about this thing, then it's like suddenly it's a lot more approachable. And then they learn like, oh, actually, if this is what literary events are like, like, I like this and I want to come to more of them. And, you know, it's just a nice way to kind of introduce people to the idea of coming out to book things or coming to things at the library. Like it doesn't have to be stuffy or serious or snobby. (laughs) That's so true. I never even thought about that for some people maybe feeling like, oh shoot, that wouldn't be my scene when really most book events are super casual and wonderful, but people, you're right, but people wouldn't know that and they have their preconceived notions. So giving them a way around that is so valuable. Yeah. And I learned it too, with my own book tour, a lot of people came up to me and were like, I've never come to anything like this before, which was really interesting because some of them were there because they had a relative who was in the book or or they mm -hmm. were there because they follow me on Instagram and thought it sounded like fun, but didn't really know what was going to happen there. And there were a lot of people that came up to me after and were like, I've never come to a reading at a bookstore before. Like, I didn't know what this was like, but I really enjoyed it. And it was just so nice to hear that. Oh, I bet. I bet that made your little program librarian heart so happy. (laughs) Yes, it did. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel the same way, right? Like when somebody says, oh, I love that book you gave me. I'm like, yes, thank you. That's the best. (laughs) Yes. I have, I've won the day. I also really liked some of your other writing and your low stakes mystery podcasts that actually have resolution to them. I was laughing so hard at that because years ago, my husband and I listened to one. I can't remember what it is and I probably shouldn't bash it anyway, but it was one of those where it was a series. We listened to probably eight episodes or something. And then at the end, they were like, well, but we don't know what happened. And my husband was furious. (laughs) He was like... That was a waste of time. Oh, so no. it's I love that the idea like, hey, we closed the loop here. You did yeah. the, you did the legwork for people. You said, <laughs> I don't want you to feel like this. Here you go. Yeah, so, that was fun to write. I enjoy that. <laughs> do you like to listen to are you a podcast listener? Is that I am, format? yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I do like some of the longer series, like meandering ones. And sometimes you don't get the resolution, but sometimes it feels like, okay, they found a way to make it not be the point. Like, it's okay that we didn't get that. Totally. Some of them are less successful at that, that I've <laughs> listened to, but I do always like kind of like the, the thing that made me want to write that was the podcast um, mystery show, which is, was a Gimlet podcast. It's, it was only had one season. It's not around anymore, but it was like every episode they solved like a mystery. It was usually like some kind of personal mystery in someone's life and they couldn't really use the internet to find the answers. And they would always solve them. Like that was the point of the show was like, they would get the answers. They would figure out, you know, the answer to the question. And I was like, yeah. this is, I like this. So I was trying <laughs> to find more stuff like that. And I, I put that together. <laughs> That's a really good one. We listened to your own backyard. Did you listen to that one? No. That's about a California case. If you're a crime person at all, mm-hmm. it was about a California case, a Cal Poly student that was, I can't even say anything because I feel like I'll not ruin it. But basically, bottom line is this happened many years ago, and now there's a trial happening. And part of it is sort of because of what this podcast had brought attention to the case and all those things. So that one's been really interesting because there's no resolution, but it's you're seeing it now. Yeah. That was a horrible description of that podcast. <laughs> Well, it's really well done. We enjoyed that one. I mean, it's weird to say you enjoyed murder pod or not murder, but I mean, no, I know some people love that though. Like that's their jam. I'm too delicate for that. I just, yeah, I'm not a big true crime person. If it is, if it's done in a way that I think is interesting and where it's like also about other stuff and it's personal to the person making it, I like those more than just someone kind of picking some random thing they have nothing to do with and like yeah. sensationalizing it. I don't less of an Yeah. <laughs> less of an ambulance chaser kind of feel. Yeah. yeah. That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like, uh, I, I think you would like this, your own backyard. It was, cool. yeah, it was very it well done. Yes. Put it on your to-do list. I mean, you're not doing anything <laughs> besides writing and, you know, touring your book and doing all these things. That's so exciting too, that you were able to go back to Rutgers for it. I'm sure that felt really like full circle moment. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. I mean, they're one of the the biggest publishers of books about the region, obviously, you know, they Mm -hmm. have a ton of their backlist is full of some really great New Jersey books. So it just felt like a very natural landing place for something like this. And it, it worked out really well. And I had a very unusual publishing story and that that was the only place I sent it to and they took it, which is not common. And I always want to make sure I tell people that I understand that that's like a very nice stroke of luck. But also it was a matter of like kind of knowing like what I was trying to do was just so specific that I knew there weren't a lot of places that would want it. And I thought maybe they would. So that's so smart. And I think that's a testament to uh, the importance of your research beforehand. Yeah, definitely pitching to the right place and sending your proposal to the right place is important. Yeah. I mean, you have to know like where, where you fit in to like, that's the whole point of making a book proposal. It's like understanding where you fit into the market and you know, who your readers are and what else they're buying and reading. And so, yeah, they obviously came to mind because I read a lot of their books. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I can see how it might be of interest to you. Let's talk about that briefly because I know you host a class on, or you teach a class on writing a book proposal. 
Yeah, I'm teaching one right now. So we just had our first class last week, but that's been really nice too. It's through a writing center that's based in New Jersey called Project Right Now, but most of their stuff is online right these days. But I was one of their early students back in like 2015. I started taking classes with them. So it was really nice to be able to be like, hey, I want to teach something and have that support. And also like that that was another real full circle moment for sure. (laughs) That's so exciting. Do you, so what's, I mean, give us one tip maybe from your book proposal class that. Yeah, I think the comparable book section is one of the more important and also really firms up in your brain, like what it is you want to do. But one of the things I said in my class last week that people that seemed to resonate with people was that when you're working on your comparable books, which are just, you know, books that obviously you think yours is kind of in conversation with, it's similar in some ways, different in other ways, like you're adding to, there's a precedent for what you want to do, but you also have kind of a twist on it because yes. obviously you're not just wanting to copy something that already exists. <laughs> right. Publishers don't love that. <laughs> no, but the thing that I, that I told them that they seemed to appreciate was to also think like just about the format of the book like the comps don't have to all be on the same subject like obviously Mm -hmm. mine weren't all about New Jersey some of them were but I also talked about just other anthologies that kind of had a similar format as to what I was envisioning that had you know different kinds of work in it and a bunch of different contributors so yeah so you don't have to just pick things that are like if you're trying to write like a financial book like they don't have to all be financial books like some of them could be other kinds of how-to books that you think the format is similar to what you're trying to do or the tone or something else Hmm. that's a really good point and also just kind of fleshes out what it is that's most important to you about the book that you're pitching Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I I spent like a year, like I said, on my book proposal and it was, I didn't take a class or anything. I was mostly just reading books and looking online and there's tons of stuff out there, Sure, but I really wanted to offer some classes because I, and I'm not saying I'm like an expert or anything, but I just wanted to offer, you know, the resources that I wish I had had earlier, (laughs) the information that I learned that I wish I had known when I was just like first starting to write it because it would have saved me a lot of time and it would have been better probably. (laughs) Well, but that's so impressive. And I think I mean, sure, maybe you're not like the world's leading expert on book proposals, but I would put you up there. I mean, one pitch and deal and you took your time writing it. I mean, just listening to you talk about it, you can understand that you get the the need behind the proposal, right? Because I think there's that, it's such a it's such a bizarre thing, especially for many writers, even in nonfiction. I mean, I had to write one too for my memoir, mm-hmm. which seems counterintuitive, right? Like I'm but it's so important to be able to drill all that down. And even for people who have a deal or don't necessarily think they're going to need it, I feel like it's such a good tool for you to learn about your book. Yeah, definitely. Like, even if you end up, you know, going the self-publishing route, like it's, yes. you basically spent all that time researching and making a business plan and it's only going to help you. <laughs> yes. That's a good way to think of it as a business plan. I think I'll tell my husband that I wrote a business plan. And also, you did. I just called it a proposal, <laughs> but I, I'm not the business end of our household, so he will find that humorous. <laughs> we will laugh together. <laughs> I'm the I'm the I'm the talent, right? I'm the I'm customer service. I'm public facing. That's my side of this. <laughs> that is really valuable information. So people could take that online if they wanted to with you. 
Yeah. Um, hopefully we'll offer it again. So Yay. yeah, right now okay. we're, we're in the first session, but they do, you know, kind of every season they, they have more classes announced. So perfect. Yeah, well, hopefully. you can send this recording to project right there now. You go. <laughs> I mean, hello, we've teed you up. You're ready to go. That's so exciting. Do you enjoy that teaching part of it? I do. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fun. And like, I've been really enjoying getting to learn about the projects that everyone wants to do. And before I was doing it in kind of a formal way, like, you know, I helped a lot of friends that were interested or people that I knew online that were like, Hey, like, do you have, can you point me towards anything? And I just really like being able to, I mean, that's the librarian in me too, is to be able to like point people in the right direction for stuff and, you know, help people connect them to resources. So it's fun getting to do that in like a more formal way and getting to do like homework assignments with them and hear more about their projects and kind of hopefully suggest some books for them to check out and things like that too. I love that. I think that's a huge help to so many people because it really is tough out there and a proposal is daunting. Yeah. Someone showed me theirs. The first book class I went to was like the path to publishing. And he said, here's my proposal. And he picks up this 150 page document. And I was like, well, that, okay, my dreams end here then. I'm out. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. It's not an approachable publishing in general. It's just the whole thing is very not approachable. And it's I think in a lot of ways kind of designed to keep people out too. And so anything I can do to kind of help navigate people, get them to navigate around that successfully, I'll be happy to help them and to do that. I'm excited. (laughs) I love it. Well, and you are an excellent writer too. And so I think (laughs) a lot of that stands up. I mean, even reading the beginning, the introduction to your book, I was, or to the New Jersey fan club book, I thought this is, it was just so sharp and, you can tell that you have a lot of knowledge and that you really think about what you're putting down on paper. So I can only imagine that you are the same level of intention is going into your class. So I sure hope so. (laughs) I'm sure that's exciting. Okay. So let's real quick, tell me about like the biggest thing you wish people knew about Jersey because people have various things that they say about it, but there's a lot to appreciate in the book. But for you personally, what do you think, like, what's your favorite thing about your home state? There's many things. I wish people knew it was like physically beautiful (laughs) because I think a lot of people take the, you know, public transportation options that we offer, whether it's the train or the airplane, our airport is not, not the prettiest thing anyone's ever seen. And, you know, our state highways. And, you know, I wish people knew that if you got a little bit further out from some of those places, that there were some really beautiful places to explore. You know, we have really nice beaches and mountains. Part of the Appalachian Trail runs through New Jersey. There's a lot of great hiking and We have some really interesting ecosystems like the Meadowlands up closer to New York and some down in South Jersey, the Pine Barrens is really interesting. And so I wish people knew that there was some physical beauty (laughs) found here. There's more to New Jersey than highways. Yes. (laughs) I think that that is a very important statement. And it's true. I mean, how many highways have you driven on? There are so few in the country where you're like, wow, this is stunning. Right. Yeah, not really. No, not so much. Man, exit 167 is just <laughs> chef's kiss. I love it. I want to go there all the time. 
<laughs> well, I think that's a very good one. Now, full disclosure, I totally forgot to tell you this ahead of time, but I know you've listened to my podcast before. Do you have a library-ish question for me, even though you are a librarian, so obviously there's not a lot <laughs> that I'm giving to you, but do you have a question for me? Yeah, I thought it would be interesting to hear if there was a state that you would be interested in reading a book about. Oh my goodness. It's not New Jersey, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yes, New Jersey. Yay, pick this one up. You know what's funny? I will say, reading your book, I was like, you could read this about any state. Like it shows how deep every state is. Okay, so I would say Colorado because that's where I'm from. Okay. So Colorado would definitely be one. And I was, so I moved to Colorado when we were in third, when I was, we. When I was in third grade, <laughs> my parents were not in third grade also. <laughs> so I was in third grade when we moved there. And so I got just enough of, like in California, the state education is in fourth grade for the curriculum. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I think it was the same in Colorado or close to that. So I learned just a little bit about the unsinkable Molly Brown and Baby, Day, Baby Doe Tabor and some of these historical figures. So I would love to read that. And it's a beautiful state too. California would be interesting, and I was also thinking about this with Jersey, where it's like I read in your book that Jersey is as densely packed or more densely packed than India. Yeah, I think that was in one of the essays. Yeah, we're the most densely populated state in the United States. That's That was an amazing fact, but it made me think about California because when we moved here, I realized that Northern California and Southern California are totally distinct in yeah. their vibe and all those things. And it seems that way because it's huge, mm -hmm. but also just this idea of all the different regions. So yeah, I would say Colorado, probably California, because that's where I live now. And I don't know much about it as anyone who asks or like tells me where something is, you know, we're going here <laughs> in California. I'm like, well, I don't know where that is. <laughs> so have a great time. But I will say then I would also pick a random state like oh, cool. yeah. North Dakota. Something you know nothing about. Correct. Yeah. Yes, cool. the state about which I know the least. So if you can get to work on that, okay. <laughs> just, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to put things on your plate. Except, please do it. <laughs> Hurry I hope up, someone Carrie. else does it. Yeah. It might have been done before already, but if not, That's I so hope true. someone else will. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe we should make a list of books about states like this yeah, that'd one. Be cool. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> okay, perfect. I'm just coming up with so many ideas of things for you to do. Sounds and, good. <laughs> perfect. So last question for you. Are you writing anything now? Like, or what are you working on? You have your class that you're teaching, but is there like a project you're kind of noodling or some, and it's okay if it's, there's nothing to talk about too? Yeah. I have a couple essays I want to write, just like personal essay stuff that I have notes that I've taken yeah. that I want to write about. And I also have like, I really like oral histories. There's one in the book about a music venue here. And I really enjoyed working with the writer who put that together and looking at it and, you know, from an editorial standpoint, but I was kind of like, I want to make one of these. So I'm been thinking about doing, I have a couple ideas for oral, oral history pieces that I want to hopefully pitch somewhere and, and make. It would be fun. That is so cool. I have to say, I am very impressed. You Thank have you. a lot <laughs> happening, and I'm so glad we got to talk about all this, and we got to talk about beautiful New Jersey, which <laughs> gets just such an unfair shake, but I'm glad that you are in the business of helping people see more 
of the state and maybe inspiring them just like it did for me to think about their state in a different way or go to their local library. So I love it. It's ideas of broadening your worldview. So I'm so glad that you did the book, that the proposal, and that we were able to chat today. So thanks for the time. Thank you. Yeah, it was so great talking to you. I feel the same way. All right. Well, we will be in touch soon. I mean, I feel like I'll be visiting Jersey ASAP. So we <laughs> yeah, can let hang me out. know. Yes, <laughs> that would be we great. Could, we could go on that bike tour. Yeah, <laughs> that would be great. It sounds a little dangerous for me, but I think I think it's going to be worth it. <laughs> Trenton, here we come. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Carrie. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Ask a Librarian. As always, it's my joy to share and learn with you. You can follow me on Instagram at Julie Writes Words, or you can go to my website, juliewritewords.com. There you'll find the show notes, including all the books mentioned in the episode. See you in the stacks next week. And until then, friends, never go anywhere without a book. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.